came in late and didn't see the video. For those of you that came in late and did not see the video, um, it was a video on Afghanistan. Uh, Robbie Dawkins is uh, who was talking there. Uh, the Christians are being, um, of course, are running, trying to get out of uh, Afghanistan. And um, they are without a country. And the, the Lord is showing them and, and delivering them, but they, they need money and they need prayer. And so uh, last night, Rick and I said, we've got to support them. So for those of you that just came and did not see this, there's um, an offering plate up here, and this is to go to Robbie Dawkins' uh, ministry so that he can give money out to these poor people that are are without a home, without a nation, not only a home, but without a nation. Um, so if you get a chance, look up uh, Flashpoint, and you'll see the testimony of that. It's pretty phenomenal. Stand with me, if you would, please. I want you to put your hand over your heart. We're going to make a declaration. For as the rain and the snow, I'm going to read this part and then I'm going to have you declare. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. I declare, I declare that the word that goes forth today will not return to the Lord void or empty without, without accomplishing that which it was sent for. Amen. Be seated. <laughs> Amen. Now extend your hands so you can pray that the Holy Spirit ooh, that the Holy Spirit will give me words and bring about a clarity as I share this and that the word would go forth. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask that you will give me clarity, that you will give ears to hear and my mouth to speak, Lord, what you want said. Oh, Jesus, bring my mind, my emotions in order under your lordship. Use me this day. You already said you've anointed me. I'll take it. I'll take it. In Jesus' name, amen. This, two weeks ago, I was sitting in the morning, and I, I heard the Lord, or felt the Lord said to me, look up Bill Johnson. You haven't, it's probably been a year since I've really listened to Bill. And um, <clears throat> it's it, Interestingly enough, he did that earlier with Mike Bickle. Now he did it with Bill Johnson. And so I, I looked up his recent video that was on YouTube, and oh my goodness, did it minister to me. And out of this word, I'm going to share with you. And I'm going to share what I believe the word of the Lord is for this moment in time and where we're at. Um, I find that it's interesting that one of the one of the things that he said uh, uh one of the scriptures he used was out of revelation and it was out of revelations 21 21 in the year 21 i went you got my you got my attention so here's where i'm going turn with me to isaiah 60. I told Cindy, I said, this is a little difficult because I want to share what, what Bill was saying, but I also want to share what I'm receiving out of it. And so 
he begins to talk about praise causes, helps the mental, keeping you from mental illness. Praise and thanksgiving and prayer. Okay? And that's where he was headed with his word. And so he said, I want to revisit what the Lord gave me several years ago when I was laying in bed and he said, um, he's had maybe five encounters and this encounter he was completely asleep, just dead asleep and there's an, there was an explosion of a thought that woke him up in the middle of the night and that thought I have it written down, but I forgot that, to write it down. Let me see if I can get this. A walled city is not entirely safe without gates. Let me say that again. A walled city is not entirely safe without gates. And so my mind is going, does he mean that this is just a walled city and there's no openings? Or does he mean that there's a walled city and that doesn't have gates on it? <clears throat> Take your pick, doesn't really matter, okay? So he said, when he woke up, and I'm thinking, wow, what a, what a thought in the middle of the night. He said, Lord, what are you doing? So when he woke up, he started going back over some of the words that God had given him in the past. And what he studied, and he studied... Uh, at one time in his earlier uh, years of marriage, uh, the book of Nehemiah. So he understood walls and gates, that what the Lord was saying. So turn with, I, I told you to turn to Isaiah 60. We're going to look at the scripture out of verse 18. Violence will not be heard again in your land, nor devastation or destruction within your border, but... You will call your walls salvation and your gates praise. You will call your walls salvation and your gates with uh, praise. And he went on to say that salvation is what God does. And you're protected for all eternity. But praise is your part. Then he went to, and I'm going to go, I don't know when he went to this, how fast, but I'm going to go there. Go with me to Revelations 21, 21. Now, if you listen to this, he doesn't even turn to this, but I get to take his word and do what I want with it. He's not here, I'll never know. <laughs> 21, 21 says this. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. We're going to stop there. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. The gates in New Jerusalem were made out of a pearl. I wish Carol was here. I'm going to get on her. Because I said pearls were made last week out of clams. She went, no, they're oysters when she saw me. Well, I looked it up. They're made out of clams and oysters. Okay? So, I asked you last week, for those who were here, how is it made? Why does an oyster or a clam make a pearl? Do you remember? Yeah, irritation. Friction. There's sand. Isn't it amazing? That God makes this creature. I mean, you don't see fish making oysters. I mean, uh, pearls. Do you? You don't. He puts this thing in the ocean where there's nothing but sands floating around. Have you ever thought of that? There's nothing but sand there. And this thing has to survive the sand this irritation. So he created a way for that thing to become something beautiful. 
and for it to survive. You were placed on this earth where there's a lot of irritation. There's a lot of things that are not good. There's sickness, offense, there's fear, there's trouble. And so Bill, and I never saw it before, he said when he was studying, he realized that the gates of the city were made out of pearls. And that comes out of irritation. Go back with me. I've got to find out where I'm going. Let me get back to Isaiah. Boy, the Lord started speaking so much to me in Isaiah. <clears throat> Let me see where I'm at. And I'm looking at this thing going, I'm here. I'm in this place where there's nothing but frustration, irritation, problems. And you're saying that my gates shall be praise. Okay, now I know where to go. If you don't have gates up, let's go back to Isaiah 60. If my walls are salvation and I'm, I'm protected by the Lord, that's his part. He's protecting me. He's protecting my salvation. He's protecting my soul. But my gates are praise. Then my part is to make sure my gates are opened at the right time and closed at the right time. In, in Psalms 24, it says, Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, for the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong in battle. The Lord is the King of glory. I need him in me. I have become and you have become Jerusalem, the holy city, the tabernacle. So you individually need him to come in, especially when there's trouble. And so you need the enemy to stay out. So you need to know how to open your doors and how to close them. It does both. It opens to the Lord, praise does, and it closes to the enemy. And so you go, lift up your head, O gates. How do I get the Lord in? By praise. He comes in. Now he's in and he can help me get through the trouble. We just saw it. Here are these Christians who are in trouble and they are under persecution, have been under persecution, so they're not whining. They're going, Jesus, help us. And they're looking to him and he's coming in and he's directing and guiding and bringing them to the right place. And so I, I happened to be going through and I got to 62. Now I want you to turn to um, Isaiah 62 and I, Bill didn't share this. This was my part. Um, I looked on it, and it said, On your walls, 62.6, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night, they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourself, and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Bill Johnson went on to say this, and then I'm going to go back to this. He said, his uncle said to him, did you ever notice that Romans 8, in Romans 8, in the middle of, of the Spirit making intercession for you, it says all things work together for good, and then the next thing it says 
is Jesus lived, I mean, Jesus makes intercession for you. He, he lives to intervene, actually. Hebrews says he lives to make intercession for you. And I looked at this scripture on your walls. I keep watchmen. Well, guess who's the watchman on your walls? Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He's a watchman. I went, you're on my wall, and you're watching. And that's why all things can work together for good. Because Holy Spirit is down here interceding for me. Jesus is up there interceding for me. And they're crying out that I become, you become a praise in all the earth. That's his job. To make you a praise so that the Lord, the King of glory, shall be praised. I began to look at this. I looked at some notes that I had that was taught before. Thanksgiving and praise are a sacrifice. Worship, your, you are the offering. Thanksgiving and praise is when I have to think and it is hard. Giving a sacrifice of praise, go against what the enemy is lying to you about. Help those people. Now, if you go into 62, the walls, okay? Are you following me? Because I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit. The, the scripture here in verse 10 says, go through, go through the gates, clear the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, lift up a standard over the peoples. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, lo, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And they will call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you will be called, sought out, a holy, a, a city not forsaken. The church is a city. You individually are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord wants your life to be sought out. How does that happen? When your walls are salvation and your gates are praise. The praise part is you. Now go with me to 1 Thessalonians 5. <clears throat> ah, I'm not even paying attention. When I first got saved, I read a book called Prison to Praise. And I wanted a job. I couldn't find a job. I had graduated from high school, gone down. I, some of you have heard this story. I'm going to repeat it. I went <clears throat> down to Kentucky. It was before I had gotten saved, but my cousin had been ministering to me. And uh, I got a job there for the summer. And then at the end of the summer, I come home. And I chose not to go to college. Didn't think I had the smarts for it and didn't know what I wanted to do anyways. So I needed a job, and I couldn't find one. And so in the midst of that, people are ministering to me about salvation. And so I accept the Lord as my Savior, and I pray for this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then I'm in the midst of this, and somebody gives me a book called Prison to Praise. And I read the book, and of course, I'm a baby. And of course, how many know that when babies cry, you pick them up and you give them whatever they'll take because you want that cry to quit. You take care of them. And so I'm laying in my bedroom, on my bed, and I went, prison to praise, thank him in and for all things. Okay, here we go. Jesus, thank you that I don't have a job. Five minutes, and I'm not exaggerating. The phone rang. I had a job. I am not kidding. I know. I said, I said, Lord, this is exciting. I can, I can go, oh, okay, Father, thank you. And I would just get, I, and I'm always getting myself into problems. And so I'm always doing something, and 
continued to do something. I'd be late for work. Oh, Jesus, get us there. And, and oh, thank you, Jesus. And I'd ride to work with a friend that never had any gas, and we'd be going on fumes. I'd say, oh, Jesus, don't worry. We'll get there. Praise you, Jesus. We've got this. And we'd get there. And she'd say, we're on fumes. And I'd say, we can get it. We can do this. It was a blast. It was so much fun. It was. It was. Because, like them, you get to see Jesus moving. You get to see him working. Then you get in the Lord and you get tired of living like this. Or, or you fall or the enemy, you listen to the lies. You're not praising and keeping the enemy out. So Thessalonians, and I, I used to sing to our kids. Rejoice, uh, Thessalonians 5, 15. See that, you, that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you want to know what your will of God is for you? Here's the will of God. Rejoice always. Stand up. I got to tell you a story. <clears throat> Uh, I, yeah. Anyways, I got to tell you a story. When I was young and in the Lord, I heard someone say that in Hebrew, that rejoice meant to jump up, spin around. Okay? Sounded good to me. So Wednesday, I said to my ladies, as I'm teaching on this, we're going to rejoice. And so I made Pam and Rob, where is he, in prayer, jump up and spin around, okay? Some of you can't jump and spin. Some of you can't even spin. But you can wave your hand. <laughs> so then I went into the room, and I made my ladies do it. And they're laughing like crazy. Well, I found out that in Hebrew, it doesn't mean to jump up and spin around. <laughs> what it does mean is that rejoicing has to have an action, whether it's sitting down, standing up. What are you two doing sitting there? Get up on your... <laughs> up. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Karen, well, she's holding a baby. Arlette, Kathy, Alan, what are you doing? Get your butts up. Corwin, stand with me, please. <laughs> Listen. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I even went home guilty because I made people do something that day. Seriously, I had to fight. I had to fight the guilt. But it's an action of obedience. It's an action. When you have to rejoice, if you're at a football game and you're rejoicing, you're not sitting there. You're getting up. And you're rejoicing. If, if they make a touchdown, if they do something, you get up. You don't sit there and go, oh, really, that's nice. You either clap your hands with everything, especially if you want them to win. You clap your hands. You go, hey, woo. Or you lay, hey, look, they're making it. I watch you guys. They're, look at them. Go, 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 go. That's rejoicing. If you are not doing this, the enemy has the ability to take you out. And when do you do this? In every circumstance. In everything. If you by faith will start doing the word of God, you will see a change. You'll see a change. And so I said, Lord, we've got to do this. We are a people that believe the word. If we believe the word, we'll do the word. 
I always tell Pam, if you're going to tell me and if you're going to pray or read the Psalms and say, shout to the Lord, we better shout. So don't read it if you don't want to shout. I do. So you're allowed to pick what part of rejoicing that you want to do. You can clap your hands. You can shout. You can wave. Or you can jump up and down and spin around. But I want you to do something right now. One, two, three. Whoa! Don't you feel better? You can see. So Pam comes up to me in worship. (laughs) Shocks me, actually. And she makes me spin, which I thought was a pretty good thing to do. So I get it as well as you guys. We all get it. It's like we've got to help one another. We've got to help one another do the things that we're supposed to do because it's hard to do it on your own, especially if you're struggling. But this is the time the pearl is made. This is the time your gates are being formed. It doesn't feel good when you're struggling to rejoice. It doesn't feel good when you're struggling to say thank you for this situation. I realized something about myself. Don Her, I ran into Don Her, and he can't help but tease me. He can't help but jab and tease and poke. And um, he had already, we were bantering back and forth, and uh, he had started it. He's like every other man. They start it, and then they look at you like you're the problem, you know, like, why are you so mean? Why do you? Well, you respond, you know, you want to go, you started this. And so he, I had asked a certain thing of Rick and, and wanted Rick to go do it. And Rick didn't want to do, uh, go get me the gyro. I don't know. And Rick said, just come. Yeah, that's right. And I went, all right. Dawn went, whoa, she obeyed. She submitted. It's like, Really? As though I don't all the time, you know, who are you to know what I do and I don't do? I'm always submitting. But I looked at him and I said, listen, I'm going to tell you something about me. (laughs) I said, I do the word. I do the word. I do. I do the word. I said, I might be the one that says, no, I ain't doing it. But I end up, I do it anyways. What's the scripture say? The one that does the will of God, is it the first one that says, yeah, I'll do it, and never does it? Or is it the second one that says, no, I'm not going to do it, and then does it? You know, I don't care how hard it is. Do it. Do it. Thank him in the midst of your problems. Thank him in the midst of the difficulties. Praise him. And if you go, I can't do it right now. Oh, I'm not going to do it. You can hear me. If you know me, no, I'm not doing this. Not another time. All right. And I turn around and I do it. True, Diane? True. Oh. So, I'm not telling you something I don't do. And it's hard. At times. And it's hard when the enemy's badgering you. It's hard when you fail and the enemy's badgering you. It's hard when there's oppression on you and the enemy's badgering you. It's hard when you feel hopeless and he's badgering you. But build those gates so he can't come in. And let them open so that the Lord can come in. There's an interesting scripture that I came across. Go to Psalm 62. As I was planning this, I don't know how I got here, but I did. 
Look at this scripture, Isaiah, I mean, uh, Psalm 62, 10. says this, do not trust in oppression. Do, yeah, 62, you, if you have passion, I don't think they put it in, but I, uh, Psalm 62, 10, do not trust in oppression. Let me say it again. Do not trust in oppression. Are you getting it? Do not trust in the oppression that comes on you. The heaviness. Because it tells you that's what the truth is. It tells you when it hits you that you're a failure, that you're no good, you'll never amount to anything, or that the world is going to come crashing down, or you're not going to make it, or, or you're going to die, or whatever. When that oppression comes in, it lies to you. And if you trust it and give into it, you're going down that road. And it's hard not to go down when the impressions, uh, the oppression is on you. But if you look at Isaiah 61, it says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Praise when there's a spirit of heaviness on you. It works. And I said to the Lord, does it work? What if it doesn't work? Because you know what? I've heard people say, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, I got news for you. It doesn't matter if you think it works or it doesn't. It's the word. It's what Jesus said. It's what the Father calls for. Do it anyways. Because it builds a gate and you will find that the Lord will deliver you. Now, <clears throat> I, I started listening to Bill, and I went, this, I love this scripture. I went around praising him for everything, and, and through my life, I've gone back and forth and said, okay, Lord, when the major amount of oppression would come on me, I'd say, Father, thank you for this. And when I'd feel so guilty and couldn't get guilt off of me, I'd say, Father, I'm just going to say thank you. You're going to turn this to good. I'm just going to praise you. And, and the impression would begin to leave. And so, <clears throat> but like everything, you need to be reminded. And um, I told Jens last week, when I heard this message, I thought, oh, I'm in trouble. And so I ended up burning my hand and um, ended up getting poison ivy, which I usually don't get. And I'm out in a hot garage, and I'm in water, and my arm's burning, my fingers are burning. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I, I've got to keep working and praising. And so I'm finding that I'm, I'm getting through this. Not easy. Then other things take place, and it's like, okay, I will praise you. I will praise you, Jesus, for you are good. And, and all those things began to work out. So I tell Kim, I'm going to tell myself, I tell Kim, I said, hey, we've got tomatoes down at uh, Ashley's. And I said, you can have how, how many you want. So we go down. I said, I'll take you down. So I take her down. And we get, I think, two and a half bushels of tomatoes. I'm, I'm telling you. I, and I had already two, uh, a bushel and a half to go. I think I had two bushels. I don't know at home. I'd already done out in how many bushels. Uh, I think I've done probably three three bushels of tomatoes already. And, and so when you go to Ashley's, <clears throat> if you park in her driveway, you got to walk all the way up to the hill to get to her garden. But if you go down the road, turn around, you can go alongside the field and you can park right beside the garden. And so I did that, you know, when I went and got my bushel of tomatoes, my several bu uh, half bushels of tomatoes. And so I take Kim up there, 
This is typical. I take Kim up there. We load the card with tomatoes. Now, <clears throat> Rick is telling me, oh, you shouldn't go through the, I don't like to go down the hill through the yard, okay? Uh, it, <laughs> and it's like, it'd be so much easier if I, but now I got to back up, you know, it's like, oh, well. Again, people don't think I submit. I submit, so I'm backing up. So Kim and I are in there, and I'm, and I'm not good at backing up, and I'm not good at my next step, so I tend to look at my, my side mirrors, and so I'm going, okay, I can do this. If I stay close to the cornfield, what I'm not telling you is there's this great big pile of limbs right over here, and it's really not that wide, and if I stay to the <laughs> to the cornfield, okay, if I stay close to the cornfield and I back up and stay close, I'll miss the limbs because I did it before. I didn't miss the limbs. All at once, my car stops. And out of my tire is a limb about this big and it went down into went down into the hubcat and next to the rim or where the brakes is and it's not moving i went to pull it out we're we're talking you don't budget and the thing is this high i've got this <laughs> i've got this limb sticking out my tire <laughs> oh god <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> it's like, and I'm not surprised because this happens every time I go down the road with this stuff. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I went, oh gosh, Kim, I'm dead. <laughs> it's like, and she, Rick's like, why'd you say that? You know I wouldn't get that way. I know, I can't help it. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, probably. And it's like, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. I get out, <laughs> pulling on this thing, thinking if it went in, it has to come out, you know? It only makes sense. So I get in the car, and I said, if I move it up, maybe it'll come out. And she's, she can't, little Kim, she's, no, no, this thing is not budging. So we decided, since I'm stronger, she gets in the car, <laughs> I will get out and pull. So I'm, I'm praying, Jesus, I'm just praising you. I thank you. You've got you've to give me wisdom here. i got to get this out. I thought, even if we cut it off, I've still got it stuck in here. I, I can't go anywhere, you know? And I, I don't want to call Rick. So, so she gets in the car. I'm praising the Lord. And I'm saying, back, back up. And she goes, she goes up and then back. And that thing came out perfectly. I didn't break any of the lines. I didn't do anything. And we're, we are rejoicing, believe you me. It is a rejoicing. <laughs> I thought, go figure. I knew that when I was going to teach on this, that there were going to be things that I was going to have to praise the Lord through. I knew it. I knew it. I knew that I was going to be tested all week long. Here's the deal. You need gates. The enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, this is my will for you in Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Bill Johnson made this comment. He said, if you pray, he said, I believe it's what heals the heart, keeps it good, if you pray. Pray constantly means pray constantly. It means when I go down the road and something comes on my mind, I lift it before the Lord. It means that I'm praying for Afghanistan, the United States. It means that I'm praying in the spirit whenever I have a chance. It means 
pray constantly, and then give thanks in all circumstances. Give him thanks. Tell him how wonderful he is. Tell him you're thankful for where you're at, what you're doing, what's going on. And if you're like me and you can't get it out the first thing, get it out the second thing. If you find yourself responding and you're not happy, then do it when you get your brain back. Don't let the enemy tell you, oh, it's too late now. You didn't praise him right away. Do it. Do it until you can't do it anymore. Do it. I, I thought, Lord, this is the most important, probably, message that we can have to keep us sane, to keep us from being fearful, to keep the Lord's presence within us, to keep us in, ready in, in and out of season. I want to tell you something. When I listened to that video last night, I thought, these people are under a lot of problems. I know that they are hooked to the Lord like nobody's business because when you're in problems like that, you look to him. He's the only one that can get them out. And they are encountering his presence. They are encountering his goodness. And I wonder, I know that... I don't know about your lives, but I know in my life that, that when I grumble, when I give in to anxiety, when I give in to oppression, when I give in to offense, when I do that, then the enemy has the ability to, ability to just ravish me. It's time. It's time to apply the word and to do it with everything that we have. It may be hard. I, I'm not telling you that it's easy. It isn't for me. It's not. It's hard. When I get offended, when I feel like I've offended someone, sometimes that's worse for me. When I feel like I've screwed up, when I feel like you're such an airhead, when I'm disappointed and I think it should have gone one way and it goes another way, it's hard. But I do it anyways. I want his presence. I want him in my life. So, know this, that if you want him to do this, that you've got a watchman on your wall, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I want this. And he will go before the Father, making intercession that you will overcome, that you will be just like his son, that you will be a praise in all the earth. Because that's what I want to be. I want to be a praise. I want to be someone that can bring the anointing of the Lord and change lives and trample on the enemy, put him under our feet. That's the only way to do it. Use the word. The other thing I realized, <clears throat> Marilyn Hickey, has anyone heard of Mar Marilyn Hickey? How many in here have heard of Marilyn Hickey? She's 90 years old. And she's out of the faith group. And she has taught awesome teacher. And she's, their church has been sued. Um, 
she has a, she's had a TV show teaching the scriptures. And I remember being young thinking, Marilyn, you know, you've got it made. You, you do this. You've got a TV show. Life goes good for you. But for me, you know, it's not so good. And years later, I found out that when she was praising, preaching, speaking, delivering the word, that her son was out on the street as a drug addict for nine years. She never changed her declaration. She never changed that Jesus would save, that he is her life, that he is good, that you can trust the word. Never changed. Her daughter goes over to England, goes to school, and she begins to doubt whether God is real. Marilyn doesn't lose sight of the word. She continues to believe in the word. Nine years later, her son gets saved, delivered. Her daughter teaches with her. But when she was younger and had a Bible study, and she's an awesome teacher, she was told she was a failure. Then later, a woman by the name of Frida Lindsay, who uh, was head of the Christ for Nations, looked at her and said, you're a failure. She had a TV show. You're a, you're a failure. Ah, Kathy, I said the same thing. How dare her? But let me tell you what Marilyn Hickey did. She went, okay, what do I need to do? I would have said, you got me. I should quit. I would have. Marilyn said, okay, you say I'm a failure. Where am I failing at? What do I need to do? She said, you need to take the nations and you need to pray over them. And because you need to go to the nations, you're just around here. See, when she had a little Bible study, they said she was a failure because she wasn't doing more. She gets a TV show. They say she's a failure because she's not to the, to the nations. She goes, what do I need to do? So she begins to pray over the nations. She was teaching about process. This is a process. She began to take a group of nations, and she'd pray every morning, every day over these nations. And so she prayed and she prayed and she is 90 years old and she has gone to 138 nations, Muslim nations, and she has preached and she's got one more that she said she's got to go to and that's Saudi Arabia and guess what? She had to wait until she's 90 years old because they'll allow a 90-year-old woman, woman to come into their country and she gets to go. She went to Pakistan and when she was in Pakistan, uh, they had a hit on her and her team and they even marked it where she was going to have her big crusade and they had a hit on her and... and um, they shut her, her thing down because the, the police found out that the, uh, what, the terrorists had a hit on her, so they shut the whole thing down. A priest comes to her, says, you can have my cathedral. She has 40-some thousand Muslims come to her service and get saved, and she said, that's not enough. I want a million. So she goes back, the Lord takes her back, and she has a hundred, I mean, she has a million Muslims that she's ministered to, and the uh, uh, Iams, Iams, or whatever they're called, they're the priest or whatever of the, the Muslim group, they invite her, 700,000 people give their life to the Lord, and she's going back at 90 years old. 90. How did this happen? Because she believed the word and did it. And she's been disappointed and she has struggled and she's been told she's a failure. She didn't stop. She didn't let oppression be her guide. 
She believed the word, and she said, I make declarations over myself, and this is why I made you guys stand up, because I believe in doing that, but it makes me afraid, because what if you get offended with me if I make you do something? You know what she did? She made the people that she was talking to stand up, put their hands on their heart, and declare something. Then they sat down. Then she got them to stand up again, declare, because she said, Every day I make declarations. I say, Muslims love me and I love them. Say, lost people love me and I love them. And guess what? She has won millions of people to the Lord because she declares who she is in the Lord. She declares he lives big in her. Not who she is, but who he is in her. And I went, why am I afraid of you guys? Why am I afraid to get you to do something that will bring you freedom? It's nuts. It's nuts. Stand up. Here's what I realize. You don't want to be here? Don't walk through the doors. You don't want to be under this? Don't do it. Don't do it. I want you to put your hands on your heart. I want to see salvation. I want to see us winning the lost. I want to see people coming in. I want to see us changed. I love the lost. Declare, I love the lost. And the lost love me. I love Muslims. And Muslims love, love me. Jesus lives big in me. Again, Jesus lives big in me. I declare I will praise him. In and for all things. Amen. Amen. So, Father, I pray that this day that each and every one will go out and your word will not return unless it is accomplished that for which I've spoken it to accomplish from your word, Lord. That they will be praising and loving you that they will love you with all their heart, their soul, and their mind. And that they will not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen.